You're listening to the Shifting Schools Podcast, episode 233. All right, welcome back to Shifting Schools. Excited to have Trisha here with me again. My co-host Trisha Freeman is here as well. We just got done recording an episode with Andrea Jones from the Savvy Social Podcast. Uh, Trisha, do you want to talk a little bit more about Andrea and what we're going to hear today? Absolutely. Thanks again, Jeff. Thanks, folks, for listening. Uh, We really do love looking and thinking about emerging career paths and what's going on in our classrooms today to set students up for that potential journey. So it was a pleasure to talk to Andrea Jones, who is the creator and lead social media strategist at OnlineDrea.com. They help businesses create an impact beyond their brand through authentic social media marketing strategies that focus on building a community of real and engaged followers. She is the founder of the Savvy Social Podcast and the Savvy Social School. And what I love is She also mentions that her career right now as a social media strategist all started with sort of a love for literature and that that's her background. Yeah, I love that we get into uh, just what is some of the background. And you can see where for a lot of these entrepreneurs and business owners that we talked to today uh, that we've been talking with, you know, all summer long and now into this new school year, you can see where that, that spark was when they were probably in high school or middle school, you know, that they were focused and she was an ELA major. She was a, you know, a language arts uh, major. We are over the next couple of episodes going to be digging into social networking in schools because we got an email from a listener who said, Hey, our school is struggling with social media and our community. Could you guys do some uh, podcasts around that? And so because our listeners are, are saying that this is something that schools want, uh, we're trying to make that happen. So we're going to have a couple different episodes coming up. We thought we would start with Andrea uh, as a, a social media strategist for you to go in. She even gives you some episodes to get started with. But Trisha, as we get started today, what is your what is your shifted thought uh, that maybe uh, a thought that maybe shifted for you in in listening to this episode? Jeff, I have to say that, you know, again, I know that there is much about social media that we can be critical of, but I think we also need to be thinking about ways that we are bringing conversations about social media into the classroom because it is a very real part of modern life for our learners. And what I love about this conversation is that Andrea Jones is going to remind us about the place that social media might have in our lit or our ELA classrooms to be analyzing campaigns. You know, if you are teaching creative writing and you're teaching how you write an effective hook, perhaps a TikTok video where that person might only have 10 seconds to grab our attention or a brand has 30 seconds to capture our attention. What are they doing? And she also talks about the importance of analysis. So what a great idea to do an interdisciplinary lesson or unit with the math classroom too. What are the stats that might be important? How can you curate that data? How can you collect it and analyze it? So I think there's lots of opportunities for bringing social media into the classroom. And um, I just love that Andrea Jones kind of points us to a few ways how. So what else do you think our listeners should be listening out for in today's conversation? Yeah, I think a couple of things to be listening for is we touch on this idea of empathy. Um, 
you know, the idea that when you are creating content that is going to be seen by others, you have to first start by putting yourself in the receiver's shoes. Uh, and Andrea does a great job of talking to, about that today on some of the things that she does in creating a social uh, social media marketing strategy of you really have to think about how this is going to be received on the other end and, and what a great skill to be working on. And you can work with students on this and include something that is every day in their lives, social media as well. The other thing that comes to mind that I think you want to be listening for is what are all the soft skills that it takes to be in this work today? You know, she talks about, uh, we kids today say that when I grow up, I want to be a TikToker. Well, that's great, but there's a lot of soft skills that are needed in order to do this. You don't get, you don't just, you know, turn on your camera one day and get a million views after a million views and become a TikTok influencer. It's not how it happens. This stuff is uh, there. It's methodical. Uh, and there's a lot of ways that you've got to learn to connect and create your community. How about you, Trisha? What's something for you? Uh, well, I just want to remind listeners related to that, you know, talking about soft skills, it is super important, Jeff, you're absolutely right. We do have a free guide that's all about embedding learning about soft skills available at shiftingschools.com. So when you head over to our website and you check out our free guides, that's available. It's meant to set you up with a few ideas that you can sustain across the year. The last one, listeners, that I think you should listen out for is the conversation around intra personal learning, um, how we connect with others. Jeff, when I was in third grade, like one of the few lessons I can remember from way back then is our teacher had us pick a celebrity in New Jersey. I was born and bred in New Jersey and uh, write a letter, mail it to them, see if we got a response. Hmm. Today's version of that, I think, is learning how you might pitch someone on social media, how might you make that connection and Andrea gets into that and also reminds us that we need to talk about the learning of being able to accept a rejection, right? Um, you might reach out to somebody to do some networking with, and they don't necessarily owe you a yes. So how do we prepare students for that reality that in the world of business or in the world of just about anything, yeah. how do we also prepare ourselves for rejection? Yeah, I think that's such a great one. And again, so many skills that we could be bringing social networks into our classrooms to start conversations. And we're not saying every day and not all the time, but every once in a while, what if you brought something from social media into your classroom and see what kind of response you got from your students? What kind of engagement do you get? I think it's something that we really have to be thinking about. Uh, before we get to today's episode, here's a word from today's sponsors. If you'd like to check out another podcast we like, try The Journalism Salute. Each week, Mark Simon interviews journalists about who they are and what they do with the intent of showing that media is not the enemy. Listeners of this podcast might like episodes 87 and 88, in which Mark talks to a couple of high school student journalists of the year winners, and episode 91 featuring the founder of the student journalism program, Headliners in Education with John Vitti. That's The Journalism Salute wherever you get your podcast. And by NCCE 23, the Pacific Northwest's premier ed tech conference, happening March 21st through 23rd in Tacoma, Washington. Join thousands of educators in this three-day ed tech conference. Jennifer Lagarde, aka The Library Girl, is a featured speaker this year. You can also catch her right here on Shifting Schools, episode 228. Registration is now open and super early bird pricing is good through October 28th. 
Learn more and register at ncce.org and in the show notes below. All right. And with that, we are excited to bring you Andrea Jones, host of the Savvy Social Podcast and OnlineDrea.com as she helps businesses uh, create social media marketing strategies. This is a great one uh, to get you started in your own social media networking as well. And with that, on with the show. All right. Welcome back to Shifting Schools. Excited to have Andrea and Trisha here, of course, talking all about social media and really digging into social media strategies. We are going into a whole social media in schools kind of uh, three-part series here over the next couple of weeks. Trisha and I will be talking more about that as we get going. But we're excited to have Andrea here, who's going to be talking uh, to us today about the idea of social marketing, social media, social marketing, uh, to just kind of get us started. So Andrea, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. And as we get started here, uh, the first question we have for you is kind of outlining for our audience of educators, what is a social media strategy? And even as an educator who might hit just have, you know, a Twitter account or an Instagram account, or now, you know, teacher TikTok is really starting to take off. Um, why might you want to have a social media strategy? What, what do we even mean by that term? Yes. You know, social media is something that we all started hanging out on with our friends to keep up. And now it's this uh, emerging way for um, professionals to showcase their skills. And especially in the education space, I'm glad you mentioned TikTok. There is a rise in educators, um, you know, sharing their skills and also um, being almost virtual mentors to other educators and, and lifting each other up. So, um, um, social media strategy really is the intentionality behind leveraging social media as a tool to build uh, what I'll call is your personal brand. Mm. So um, as an educator, you have the ability to um, kind of expand your network, connect with other educators, other teachers, as well as share resources and even relate to your students as you learn how, you know, they're also navigating these spaces. And especially now more than ever, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I didn't grow up with, with the phone in my hand and on social media, but our next generation, you know, they already have a TikTok account. They already have an Instagram account. So um, the, the strategy behind showing up there as well as relating leading to them on that level, I think is super important for, um, for educators and for teachers. And we really love talking to educators about some emerging career paths that we certainly, you know, as you pointed out, like we didn't grow up thinking about one day I might become a social media strategist. And we'll talk about the various hats that you wear, but of course, that's one of them. So <clears throat> what would you say are the essential skill sets for that specific career pathway? Yes, it's funny because I went to university for English literature, <laughs> and I find myself leaning on those skills in my social media strategy career. Um, but essentially, it's a lot of research. So I look at emerging trends and study those trends and be able to connect the dots um, to see you know, why things are happening in, in marketing and in digital marketing. Um, there's a lot of creativity involved as well when it comes to 
creating content. Um, so taking those trends and then applying them to what I'm doing. Um, and then there's a lot of analysis involved as well. So once I've, you know, taken that trend, I've applied it, now I'm analyzing if it actually worked. And to me, it's very much like writing those research papers about Shakespeare <laughs> in university where, you know, you everyone has their own perspective, their own twist on, on a certain thing, but I'm able to bring all those skill sets. And, you know, social media is one of those things too that is so fast paced that it does require someone who kind of likes the the shifts mm-hmm. of the market. So, um, you know, as we're thinking about the skill sets, um, creative, anal- analytical, research, all of those things combined um, kind of make the great concoction <laughs> that is a social media strategist. And I'm guessing too, you also really need to just be kind of a lifelong learner because again, it's not like social media as it was even two years ago is the way that it is today. And we get questions a lot about TikTok. Um, You know, Jeff and I have talked on the show about how this is the year that finally uh, we are experimenting with TikTok. And, you know, like we're, Jeff, I hope you don't mind me saying this, like we're of that age demographic where initially it was a little bit intimidating. So for our audience who, again, are working with the next generation of entrepreneurs, future business leaders, can you speak a little bit about um, the emerging role of TikTok in the world of business? Yes. You know, TikTok is literally changing social media. Um, You know, TikTok, uh, for for those of you who don't understand TikTok, first of all, let me say, don't feel bad. (laughs) Um, When I I first logged on, I immediately logged off because a video started playing and I was like, I didn't ask for any of this. (laughs) So it it, it can be a bit of a... commanding platform. But um, TikTok is a micro video content platform that originally started as a dance-based platform and kind of evolved into its own ecosystem of video content. So it's all video-based. Um, micro video meaning le- usually less than 90 seconds. Um, there, there are videos that are longer, but typically that that's what defines a TikTok video. And it is literally changing social media. You know, Instagram now has Reels, YouTube now has shorts. Pinterest even has idea pins, all because of the TikTok phenomenon. Um, and TikTok has its own um, culture as well and its own language. So a lot of the younger generation, I would say Gen Z, and I guess Gen Alpha is the one after that, um, they're defining what's cool and popular and trending. And a lot of that is happening on TikTok. So whereas in previous generations, we'd have like these pockets of trending things maybe in our local communities, um, TikTok now has become a community of itself. So, you know, a student who lives in Nebraska sees the same thing as as a person living in Nova Scotia, as a person living, you know, all around the world. So, um, this this emergence of this platform is really opening a lot of doors for content creators. Uh, my um, uh, to, as a, as an example of this, my nephew is eleven and he wants to be a TikToker. Um, he'll he just got a phone, which is just for like football practice, but he'll mimic 
creating TikTok videos. Like he'll talk to himself and, and mimic creating the videos. And it's just so fascinating to see the creativity show up in that way for the younger generation. So it, it really is changing the accessibility for that younger generation and giving them opportunities to, to, to create new career pathways and to do different things in business as well. You're so, I mean, you're making me feel old, first of all, which I am. So it's, it's fine. It's, you can make me feel old, but it's so interesting, Trisha, because I was just thinking, you know, when I was doing keynotes pre pandemic uh, at conferences and at school districts, one of the things I always had the audience do was say, raise your hand. If when you ask students what they want to be, when they grow up, they say a YouTuber and almost every teacher raises their hand. And I'm thinking four short years later, I need to be asking the audience, raise your hand if when you say, what do you want to be when you grow up, your kids say, I want to be a TikToker, right? I want to be a social media influencer. And even just like in these four short years, three short years, the power that TikTok has had in the lives of our students. And Andrea, I'm so excited that you, you talked about that. I mean, for better or for worse, and we talk about it all the time on the podcast here, our job as educators is to prepare students for their future, not our past. And for better or for worse, and you don't have to like it. It's not about liking it. It's about understanding what is coming with this generation. The other thing I want to touch on, and Trisha, this it is a revolving theme. Every single time we talk to entrepreneurs on this podcast, every time we talk to business owners on this podcast, there is this intersection between literature or EAL and data analysis, otherwise known as math. There's a cross-curricular exchange constantly happening. Every single entrepreneur we talk about says, oh, I had you know, an ELA background, or I had a background in literature, or a background in poetry. And then I had to have this analytical side because you throw something out on, social network, on a social media platform. You have to be able to read the data as it's coming back to you. You have to be able to dissect that data and then decide, did that work? Did that not work? What switches do I make? Do I make any changes? Or do I continue down down that road. And there's this cross-curricular thing in schools where all of a sudden, if I'm an ELA teacher, I need to be thinking about, okay, in my ELA classroom, how am I bringing data in for kids to tell stories about the data? And if I'm a math teacher, how am I taking the data that we're talking about and helping kids to understand and help them make stories with the data? Like to me, that and Andre, am, am I wrong in that? Like this is like, this is like the skill of entrepreneurs, yes. I think today we keep talking about is, do you find yourself in those two worlds? Yes. It, it feels like a mixture of the, the tangible math data science side of things. And then the intangible of the creative, mm. the poetry, the art of things as well. And that is coming together quite nicely with social media. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the future holds as well, because this next generation is going to do some powerful things with social media, things we can't even think about right now. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that conversation combination kind of breeds new content, new ideas, new social platforms, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I think too, layered on top of that, or maybe layered or woven all through it is the intrapersonal skill mm. set, right? Because the, the other power of social media is the opportunity to network, um, to build connections. 
your podcast that we'll be sure to link to to over there in the show notes, you have multiple episodes where you're talking about networking via social media because it's not as simple as, you know, just tag someone, reach out. Um, it's nuanced. And we talk to educators a lot about how communication skills, they have dramatically changed within a decade. So for educators who are thinking, right, I want my students to know how to draft an effective pitch or... Uh, you know, use social media for that, what used to be a cold call reach out or really to make a connection, right? We talk about mentorship and um, we can't just be expecting that a mentor will find us and want to support us for students who are also thinking, I want to reach out and I want to help, you know, advocate for mentors to support me. Can you talk about how social networks really define the industries that you work with and, and why that connection piece also is is worth time learning and thinking about. Yeah. And you know, connection to me personally goes really deep. Um, I actually met my husband on YouTube oh, wow. <laughs> just by commenting on a video. We were both YouTubers oh at gosh. the time. And um, this was back to when being a YouTuber was very odd, like 2010, 2011. Oh, wow. Like it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was not a cool thing. Um, but I think that that example is a great um, a great one because it was you know we're connecting virtually with people who have similar interests as we do and we lived in two different countries at the time I'm from the U S and Atlanta Georgia he lived in Canada and Toronto so like we connected through the power of the internet some of my best friends I connected with on Instagram and so social media and social networks have opened up the possibility for this. So you're no longer limited to connecting with mentors who are in your local town. You can connect virtually with anyone. Um, now, for those of you who have students who are a little shy, I'm, I consider myself an introvert. Like I'm Harry Potter fan in my bedroom reading books. Like that was me. Um, I think finding those similar interests mm. is key to opening up the conversation, um, recognizing that you know people usually put themselves out there on the internet because they are open to having conversations. So um, approaching it with that mentality can be very helpful. And then um, also educating your students around the rejection side of it as well. So, you know, as we're reaching out to mentors and and people on the internet, just because they are available doesn't mean they can, they will say yes. So there is a rejection piece as well that can be helpful to mentally prepare your students um, and your classes to just be able to know that when you reach out to people, they may not give you the answer that you want, but, you know, putting yourself out there is the path towards getting what you want as well, even if you do get a few no's along the way. Um, yeah. I love that because you're so true. And, and I, I wonder if you could even speak to a little bit about, you know, the empathy piece when you are, when you have a social media strategy, this idea that, you know, my idea is my idea. And I have, I have issues with this all the time is I'll write something up and be like, this is so cool. Everybody's going to like it because I'm coming at it from my perspective rather than trying to put yourself in the receiver's shoes. Can you kind of talk about that? Is that some of the analysis that you do that if you're making content in your social media strategy and saying, okay, I'm making content for uh, our parent community, or I'm making content for this age group. What is some of that like almost empathy piece that you have to put yourself in the receiver's shoes. Can you kind of talk through some of the things that maybe people can do or what you do around that? 
Yeah. And you know, this empathy piece is, it ties back into connection, honestly. You know, when we create content online, um, specifically um, for, you know, our parents or for um, our other educators, um, you really are creating it for them and not for you. So, you know, going into it with that in mind can be very helpful in crafting that piece of content. Um, And then also one of the beautiful things that's happening right now is that it doesn't have to be perfect. In fact, the more imperfect it is, the more people relate to it. So that really makes it feel like more of a two-way conversation instead of someone, you know, getting up and like preaching at you online, right? So um, that empathy piece, I think, ties in there. Um, So the videos that we see work really well, for instance, are the ones where someone's in their car, maybe after Mm. a hard day at school, and they're like, hey, my fellow educators, here's something that happened in my classroom today. Or, you know, um, the videos on TikTok that go viral are the ones where it looks like a student just kind of captured their teacher in the moment, you know, it feels very much like a real video that we all can connect to and not something that was staged mm. or um, not something that was, you know, scripted. curated, yeah. Uh, scripted. Yeah. So I think that's also where the empathy piece really ties in is that, you know, when you meet people where they are, that's super powerful instead of um, trying to be something that you're not or trying to make something mm-hmm. into this huge production. Um, first of all, social media doesn't last very long. So, you know, it's a it can be a hit today and tomorrow people forget <laughs> about it. So um, we don't need to put so much time and energy into creating all these content pieces. Um, but then secondarily, you know, when it feels like you just thought of it, it feels like you're just having a conversation Mm. with someone versus a a whole production. And I'm guessing there is that piece of really trying to get to know your audience, especially if we're talking about businesses, you know, constantly working on the, what is our connection with folks who support us or folks who want to get to know our brand. Um, And I'm kind of curious to get your thoughts on maybe different brands or social media campaigns that you think might make for an interesting investigation, because I think there's learning there, too, in the classroom to be done around what's happening here. Why does this seem to be catching on or who's doing something? You know, you mentioned the creativity piece. Social media is fast and it's also flooded with so many different voices, right? So what do you do to cut through the noise? And I'm, I'm thinking this morning, Maintenance Phase is another podcast I really enjoy listening to. They've established a, a listener base who loves them. So all they needed to do was say upcoming episode and the photo attached to their post was just an image of apple cider vinegar. So folks who listen to that show, their audience will very much know like what's about to happen. It got gazillion retweets, but that doesn't work for everybody, right? If you haven't established that sense of rapport. So for teachers who are thinking, okay, this might be really cool for us to practice that analysis of what's going on with this campaign or you know, in what way is this brand really cutting through the noise? Can you think of an example that you might point our listeners to? Yes. The one that comes to mind for me is Duolingo, oh, wow. which I personally just love as an app, yeah. um, being someone who loves learning anyways. Um, but the the reason I like Duolingo is because they're actually not focused on producing content. Mm. They're focused on connecting with their audience. So instead of producing a lot of content, they're actually in the comment sections of, you know, tweets and TikToks and Instagram posts really um, 
adding to the conversation. And so I think a big first step for educators is before, you know, considering the types of content you want to produce and doing a lot of work work around that is tuning in and listening and participating in the communities that you want to be a part of. Um, That typically will give you some inspiration for what you would like to post, but then also it puts you at the ground level with everyone else on the platform, you know, participating in that community as well. So check out Duolingo. They come to mind for TikTok specifically. I've been doing a lot of studies on TikTok and um, they really have nailed it uh, as far as um, showing up in a way that feels really like authentic as a brand without creating a ton of content. It's fascinating. And I'm so crazy that you brought that up. Uh, I mean, my goddaughter who's 18, so right in that wheelhouse, she will not let her Duolingo streak go away. You know, and, and but she talks about she she follows them on TikTok. She follows them in social media, and and they they speak to her in an authentic way that she feels like she's letting people down if she lets her Duolingo streak go away. And I'm just like, you realize this is, you know, I mean, I, I get it, and, and but it's so fascinating. They do they do a great job. I think that's a great one for educators to look at and have kids look at in your classroom uh, as well. Um, Lastly, for our listeners who want to connect with you or maybe have you in as a guest speaker for their school, maybe work with a communication team. Again, we will make sure there's a link to uh, the Savvy Social Podcast, uh, your podcast in our show notes as well. Uh, what are what are some ways that, that schools can reach out to you uh, and, and maybe uh, have that connection if, if this is something they want to pursue and, and even get more information on and, and help help with a social media strategy? Yeah, absolutely. So, yep, you can listen to the podcast. That's a really great way to understand my approach to social. If you liked what you listened to here, um, that's a really good place to start. And then my website, onlinedrea.com. Um, we offer a number of services, whether it's, you know, the the school board needs someone to take over the entire social account or whether it's, you know, how do we, um, you know, protect our kids from bullying online and need a, a talk around that. Um, we, we can help with all sorts of things there. Um, so yeah, send me a note. Let me know what you think. And if you need some inspiration for TikTok, I do show up there. I'm at Online Drea. And um, I don't do dancing. So I <laughs> do find that people like like an alternative to dancing. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel good because I've been, I feel like the pressure that I have to dance and I've not done the dances yet. So <laughs> I've tried it once or twice. It's not for me. It's not for me. Yeah, it doesn't work. And that's okay too. We have lots of uh, listeners, uh, Andrea, who are teaching entrepreneurship. If they were going to recommend just one episode of your podcast, perhaps for like a grade 11 or a grade 12 student who has a passion for entrepreneurship and maybe has an idea for a business, is there a specific episode you would point them to? Yes. Start with episode 200 of the podcast. I did a celebration of 200 episodes and I talked about my biggest failures and lessons learned in business because after running a business for eight years, I've had to learn a lot. So that's a really (laughs) good episode to start with. I always love it when entrepreneurs share the share those sides of the stories as well. Uh, that's always great. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Uh, really appreciate you giving your time and we'll make sure there's links to your website and the podcast uh, and even episode 200. We'll make it really easy for educators. They can uh, click on the show notes and find a link in the show notes as well. Trisha, if people want to reach out to you to learn more, where's a good place for people to reach out to you? 
Jeff, I'm on Twitter way too much. Um, I am at Trisha, T-R-I-C-I-A underscore fried. So you'll find me there probably seven days a week. I've got to think about that <laughs> habit. Jeff, if folks want to reach out to you, where would you like them? Oh, well, I think the TikTok, I'll keep going with the TikTok. Um, I'm the TikTok. I really, and maybe I need a social media strategy. That's my problem now is I've got two different hats that I wear with uh, my real estate business and a real estate podcast. And then this side. And so you're finding, if you go over and follow at Jay Udick on uh, TikTok, you're going to see some educational stuff, which is behind the scenes footage of these podcast episodes. And then you're going to get some real estate stuff behind the scenes footage of that one as well. So as I'm kind of playing with what hat am I wearing and do I need to have two different accounts? And I don't know what I'm doing over there yet. So, uh, but they're playing around, trying to figure it out. So uh, at Jay Udick there and everywhere else on the interwebs as well. It's so, great. Andrea, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. We'll make sure everything's over there in the show notes. And until next time, we'll see you on the network. <laughs>